I had a great fortune, well, I should say a great blessing and privilege back in 2010 of going to Monastery of Temptation, which is believed to be where Jesus prayed unceasingly for 40 days and 40 nights and was subsequently tempted by the devil. This monastery was located at the edge of the ancient city of Jericho, not too far away from Jerusalem. Within this monastery, there is also a, a side altar uh, below which there is a big rock, big rounded rock, and it's supposedly the rock that the devil used to tempt Jesus and asked Jesus to turn that rock into a big loaf of bread. There's a side altar um, built on top of that rock. And this monastery was built on a cliff face in between a plateau and a plain where the city of Jericho was located. So it was in this very inaccessible um, place on the cliff face and in a very, very barren and deserty landscape. You can imagine Jesus sitting there in a cave 40 days and 40 nights uh, with hot day, cold nights, with wild beasts and no food at all. You can imagine he, how his physical body must have been weakened after that period of time and maybe you know, less susceptible to the assault of the tempter. However, quite on the contrary, today's gospel tells us that Jesus imagined triumphantly from this trial, overcoming the three temptations that actually assault all of us. And also these temptations were the ones that were really distract from his messianic mission. So very, very dangerous indeed. So let's take a look at them. Before the devil actually uh, starts tempting Jesus with particular things, he said, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, I think this is an attempt to provoke some sort of insecurity within Jesus, to make Jesus prove himself to be the Son of God. Of course, we know Jesus knows himself perfectly well. He, he knows that he is the Son of God, and he doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. So now, the first temptation. The, tempta the first temptation was about material or creaturely comfort. Jesus showed that he would not take advantage of his identity as the Messiah for his own selfish pleasure. The second temptation was that of hoarding power and being hunger for control and then therefore uh, seeking vainglory. However, Jesus showed that his m mission as the Messiah wasn't a about any of that. He didn't come to seek his own glory, to manifest his own glory. No, he doesn't seek any of these. And plus, Jesus, as the Son of God, knows perfectly well that his glory comes from the glory of the Father, the glory that he shared, he has been sharing with God the Father before the foundation of the heaven and earth. So he didn't need to, to, to get it from anybody he, that he didn't already have. He knew that the devil couldn't possibly give him any glory. 
The third temptation was that of using God's power for one's own purpose, for one's own silly or selfish purpose, rather than letting God be God and let God to have the absolute authority of, over everything. Of course, we know that there, there are myriads of angels sent by God the Father to minister to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But that being said, there is really no purpose, no point of using this power of God, this authority, for some frivolous purpose of silly things like jumping down from the parapet of the temple. And Jesus knows that. So in short, Jesus successfully repels all these temptations that normally will beset all of us. And he shows that he has the full knowledge of what is right and what is wrong. So he shows us that he is truly trustworthy. He is a trustworthy guide for our moral conduct, and he is invincible. We can trust him to give us the strength that we need when we encounter temptations. But Jesus was by no means the only one who went into the desert. After Jesus, there were countless men and women who left behind the busyness and allurements of the world and went into the desert to fast and pray to seek God. And there, indeed, they found God. They wanted to leave behind the busyness of this world in exchange to face a harsh and barren environment. And therefore, they had to rely on God for their daily sustenance. They forced themselves to rely on God for basic things like food and water. And not only did they have to face hunger and also hungry wild beasts, but they had to face something, somebody that were, were, was more menacing. And of course, that would, that would be the devil who would assault them with temptations. And they, they came face to face and combated with the devils. But in the solitude of the desert, by fasting and prayer, they persisted and came into a loving union with God. And one famous example was St. Anthony of Egypt, who lived between the third and fourth centuries. And he was one of the first hermits who went into the desert to pray. He heard God's call one day to leave behind all his possessions. He came from a wealthy family, but he was called to leave everything behind and to follow the Lord in the singleness of heart. He initially lived a hermit at the edge of his village, but then that wasn't enough because too many people came to seek him, to seek his wisdom. Then he moved further out into a cemetery outside the village. Then that wasn't enough either. So he had to move further out into the uninhabited desert of Egypt. And there he faced his spiritual enemies face to face. First, the devil um, scared him with scary sounds. And then the devil tried to beat him up physically, kind of like the famous story of Padre Pio in the 20th century. But then, unsurprisingly, the devil played dirty by trying to seduce him with pleasures. In all these, St. Anthony remained undefeated by his constant prayer and fasting. And regarding temptation, St. Anthony once said, this is the great work of man, 
always to take blame for his own sins before God and to expect temptations to his last breath. And regarding the importance of prayer, um, somebody asked St. Anthony to pray for him, but this person was too lazy to pray on his own. So out of frustration, St. Anthony said, I will have no mercy on you, nor will God have mercy on you if you yourself don't make an effort and if you don't pray to God. In a similar situation, somebody again was asking St. Anthony for advice. St. Anthony said, well, you should pray, you should fast, you should read the Bible. The person wouldn't have anything of, uh, of that. And St. Anthony, again, out of frustration said, if you cannot do this or that, what can I do for you? All you need to do is to pray, to start praying. St. Anthony of Egypt um, wasn't the only person to do that. Even as recent as the 20th century, there are still men and women who went into the desert to seek God. And Blessed Charles de Foucault was another interesting example. After a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, he felt called to enter into a spiritual desert. So he became a Trappist monk in France, in his home country. But then he felt a further call to go into a physical desert. So he first went to Nazareth, where Jesus grew up. But that wasn't enough. He wanted to go to an even more remote area. So he went into the desert of Algeria to be with the poorest of the poor in the area near the Algerian-Moroccan border to serve those uh, Tuareg people, this, no, these, uh, this group of nomads who were oppressed, discriminated against, and exploited. There he loved them and served them. He, he said he wants to be the brother of everybody to show everybody the love of Jesus Christ. He said, my apostolate must be the apostolate of goodness. If someone were to ask why I am gentle and good, I must say, because I am the servant of someone who is far better than me. So by following God's call into the desert to be the friend of the poorest of the poor, to be their, be their brother, Blessed Charles de Foucault really found God in the desert. And Pope Francis recently announced that he will canonize Charles de Foucault on May 15th this year. So after May 15th, he will be known as Saint Charles de Foucault. You can see these two examples are very different people, yet they all into the solitude of heart and the solitude of body to encounter God. Although not all of, not all of us are called in, to enter the, into this uh, physical desert, we are all called to enter into a spiritual desert, especially during Lent, to spend some quiet and alone time, quality time with God. In fasting from distractions and allurements of the world, we come into the quietude of heart in which we can read the word of God, we can talk to God heart to heart and pour our heart um, to him. We can ask our Lord to strengthen us against all the temptations that are assaulting us. This way in the solitude, we come into an intimate union and communion with the Lord who loves us so much. And in this way, we can say to the Lord, 
as in the first reading. I have now brought to you the fruits of my heart, which you, O Lord, have given me.